0: Welcome back to We Are Live, Chris Demmon, Travis Terrell. I made a little uh, scheduling snafu, so we'll have Amber Clear next week in on the show to promote her upcoming show at Gaslight. And uh, we've still got our Shane Moss conversation coming up. You know what, Travis, um, before we get into uh, the segment that's swept, sweeping, swepting, the nation Swef, make it racist i'd like to tell you about gateway powder coating Ooh, please. Gateway powder coating has been working with us for a while now and it's because you all support them that's mark ekman at gateway powder coating he's the owner operator they're fast durable affordable check them out gatewaypowdercoat.com everybody be sure to support them check out their capabilities online i've been telling you now it's warm and now you've got to get your stuff in metal smokers travis if you want a bright yellow smoker they can do it if you want to go traditional black nice they can do that as well be sure you support gateway powder coating great sponsor here on we are live everybody want to do some make it racist let's make
1: it race races I'm addressing the
0: white elephant in the room. I'm breaking down the barriers of race by white assimilation. Why the white elephant? I wouldn't mind to have black neighbors.
1: That is racist as hell. It's raining
0: little white
1: women. My prayers have been
0: answered. Black women have the nicest asses. If that ain't the
1: whitest thing a white man has ever witnessed in his
2: life. You do not have to say African American.
3: Just say black.
1: Oh, well, in that case. You know what word I miss? Colored. Oh,
2: don't oh. Don't let the liberal media tell you.
1: If you have hate in your heart, later
0: that I'm racist as hell. <laughs> make it racist where we throw out topics that Travis couldn't ever make racist. And we're all worse off for it.
1: You can never make anything racist, Chris. Because it already is. It's Make it Racist.
0: Uh, this is uh, for tomorrow, but uh, I'll start it off. The Departed. You can't make it racist. No way. <laughs> Anthony Anderson was in it.
1: It's a movie set in Boston in the mid '90s. That, that's. You, you, have you have you been to Boston in 2019? Imagine Boston back in 1995.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Robert Parrish running the streets, mm. karate kicking people. Mm.
1: I think that's actually when the Boston Celtics had the black man purge. They were bad. I think the only black person that was meaningful for the Celtics for a 10-year run was Antoine Walker.
0: When did he come in? 96? 97? I think so.
1: Celtics. Boston. The Departed. Massachusetts. The government. Mostly the citizens. Definitely Fenway Park. You're racist as hell. That is racist as hell. I think we just go ahead and just since I was here. Just hey, get why everything is he talking done. about us? Yeah, uh, Boston Marathon, racist as hell. Uh, uh, Sam Adams beer, racist as hell. Uh, Mookie Betts, probably the only non-racist thing in Boston right now.
0: That's a, probably about a, it. Probably about Harvard. It. Give me one example, Harvard.
1: Harvard. It literally is the bastion of racist. What? No. <laughs> some of the finest races no! in the history. Of the, some of the smartest races, though, Chris. And the history of this country attended Harvard. That is racist as hell. Thank you very much. You know what? Screw it. The entire New England area, you're racist as hell. Because I just Come on. We, we're not gonna have time in future shows hey, to deal with all of them. My,
0: what about all my sisters Mark, in the fighter? Mr. Wahlberg, you you're probably that?
1: the most of all of them. Did you see
0: their haircuts? You're Isn't the weight leader, leader sir! That is racist as hell. Thank you. What about Christian Bale in the fighter? He was doing crack cocaine. That's your people's thing. Hey, wait, see what your people's up. Uh,
2: I appropriated that once, Travis.
0: <laughs> Don't tell people that.
2: And by the way, Travis, you said Mookie Betts is probably the only thing that's not. Forget who's from St. Louis and plays for the Celtics. Oh, well,
1: that's understood. Jason Tatum. Everybody knows Jason No, that's Tatum, not. Man. You're not going to a out understood. of that no, there's. No, that's, that's to be understood. Oh, okay. It's Jason Tatum. <laughs> He's the reason why that city hasn't torn itself apart. Okay.
0: How about from uh, the Facebook comments, uh, Triangle Assassin, Operation Varsity Blues, rich white people actually being prosecuted for crimes. Make it racist.
1: Prosecuted for crimes. Mm-hmm. Ain't not a one white person going to spend one hour in jail over this mess. You do know you, what? Do you
0: want them in jail?
1: Maybe for, gotcha. Maybe for the weekend. Just go in for the uh, weekend. The weekend
0: thing where you check yeah, in. Yeah, just check shock in. Time. Yeah,
1: shock time. Yeah, it's some shot time. Like, listen, system.
0: we're not going to put you in real prison. You do have to wear this ankle bracelet and no bedazzling it.
1: You know why it's racist as hell? Because there were no historically black colleges on any of those lists. How are you not going to pay these black colleges that are important to the American experience? You rich white people. I'm, I hate for me to say this because... I don't say this a lot about rich white people. Oh boy. But you're racist as hell. That is racist as hell. Mm. And you know what? Until I see the Robert Mueller report, FBI, camera three Gardner, (laughs) you racist as hell too. That is
2: racist as hell. And after you see the report, it might be. That is racist as hell.
1: Very likely. It's very likely because I would imagine the people that will be indicted will likely spend no more than 21 days behind bars.
0: Do you want them behind bars?
1: I want everyone in jail. And then let the black people out, and then let us replace your jobs. Everyone's happy.
0: You know, whenever, uh, he, whenever I he comes to his that. socialist dictator power, mm-hmm. they're gonna come back to this show right. and say he was saying it all along. Yeah, all the signs were there. Very yeah.
2: true. When so at least they can't call you out for that. No,
1: when we complete this coup, it's going to be. It's look, we're gonna look. You guys are gonna get Mondays back. Think about that. You want to live in a live in a country where you, you can have three day weekends?
2: You're welcome. Support my coup.
0: You're gonna you're gonna stage a coup. Then we'll
2: finally get that wide entertainment television we've all been craving. But we can negotiate that. That's
1: fine. But I just need you guys support my coup. Coup 2020. Coup 2020. Coup 2020. That's what I that's what I'm rooting for.
0: From the Facebook comments, okay. make it racist. The Office. <laughs> This will end the damn game.
1: Who had the less lines of any of the characters on the show? The people of color. Stanley just got facial expressions. Mindy
0: Kaling was a head writer. And me, she didn't even give
1: herself any lines in the first three seasons. And then Daryl only began to speak more than three lines in season five.
0: That's not true. The whole warehouse was full of black dudes.
1: Oh, interesting. And where were they kept? In the basement. And where were the whites? Up top. The Office. Man, it's hilarious. I love it. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. You can't
0: have all that bass
1: music up in The Office. It is a very good show. It's easily one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. But you're racist as hell. It is racist as hell. That
0: hurt my heart to say. That hurt my heart. Jamie Moyer's Fancy Foyer. I'm actually what? mad at you for suggesting that.
2: <laughs> I got one for you. Oh boy, what do you got? By the way, those ankle bracelets can fall off. Mm, Don't mm. panic if they do. Do not run. Just calmly reattach it. Mm. It probably just slipped off. Just some duct tape. You would be good.
0: You got one, Farm Gardener? I
2: do. 314 day. Mm.
0: Good luck.
1: Mm. It's a city you love. It's, a, it's supposed to be 314 day, but. The National Science of Whites. Like to call it Pi Day. 3.146729994327. All those numbers
0: are racist as hell. That is racist as hell. On People the, don't know this. numbers Facebook, are racist. On the Facebook post uh, that we made earlier, it was Neil deGrasse Tyson.
1: Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, let me get. Oh, let me guess. You're going to tell me he's black now, huh? No. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a plant trying to get into our community to infiltrate Wakanda. We know the plan. You racist as hell, bro. That is racist as hell. I know. I know a, I know a plant when I see one. No black every self-respecting black man gonna walk around with a mustache like that. You get that trimmed up, bro. You trim that up. They ain't been, they ain't been trimmed up in
0: years. Neil, you ain't fooling nobody. Hey, he wrestled. I don't care. Look. He wrestled get, in college, man. I'd I'd watch your tongue.
2: Man, no, no. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna call him out right. out right now. Oh, no, no, I'm no. calling out. I'm calling no, him out. Who'd have thought you thought numbers? We're racist, Travis. Yeah, no. I mean, it's right. just a shocker. Yeah. I'm a
1: mathemologist. Thank you. mathemologist. Thank that's you. Oh, absolutely. And it's and it's designed to keep people of color from getting one job to the next. Neil deGrasse Tyson, line your damn chin up. You racist as
0: hell. That is racist as hell! Would now Neil DeGrasse, degrasse Tyson clean out the sink after he trimmed himself up? <laughs> of
1: course he would. And that's how I would discover he would be a plant. You racist as hell. Mm. That is racist as hell. He's probably a very nice guy. Explore but, the cosmos with me, Travis. That's oh two black man, men. What are we mm. driving? What are we driving a Kia. Cattle. We're driving a Kia. Nice trap, pal. I know where you're from. I wrestled in college. Okay. <clears throat> I ain't see you take on The Undertaker or oh, Triple H. Who the hell are you talking about? I wrestled in college. Get the hell out of my face. Ever heard of Stone Cold? I ain't see you fight him at SummerSlam.
0: What's the blackest wrestling event? <laughs> answer the question
1: It's technically dog fighting. that's pretty no no
0: WWE what's the blackest supported wrestling event oh
1: it'll definitely be Wrestlemania
0: Wrestlemania, WrestleMania make it la- racist
1: a la- lot la- of Wrestlemania make it racist it's owned by Vince McMahon
0: <laughs> I mean it doesn't
1: get the guy literally wore blackface and a do-rag on an episode of Monday
0: Night Raw the guy is blackface? best
2: friends with Donald Trump <laughs> He's got best friends.
0: <laughs> They're very close. Well, he gave him the playbook on how to <laughs> achieve things.
1: Essentially, he did. So, yeah, WrestleMania, I love you. I will try to go. Did he really do blackface?
0: Oh, there?
1: Triple H did
0: blackface. Oh.
1: And Vince McMahon wore a do rag and was like, What's up, my? And he did say the N word on an episode of Monday Night Raw. So, WrestleMania, it pains me to say. You racist as hell. That is racist as hell. But I plan on being there next year. I will be in attendance. I'm excited. I love going to WrestleMania. Meet some great people.
0: In the comments.
2: Wait, Could... where, where is WrestleMania? This year it Compton. is in. No, next year.
1: Oh, next year. So, they so haven't... you're going to be there. Yeah, they haven't released the city yet. But this year will be
2: in. So you know you're going to be there. Okay, I will be WrestleMania. Present. You can't show up here on time. How you know you're going to be yeah. there already?
0: WrestleMania, Anchorage, Alaska. You'll be there? Oh, no doubt. Hmm. Islamabad. Wrestlemania
1: They're my people I will be
2: present
0: He'd end up like 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 those people That are like There's no problem And then ISIS is like Yes there is Mm, Saudi
2: Saudi Arabia Arabia? I will not support
0: You're technically a journalist Saudi Arabia And
1: I would technically Because I wouldn't be a journalist I'd be a spy to them Uh huh Like wait a minute T'Challa
2: No Then Travis changes his job He's all of a sudden An influencer Uh huh Oh, I'm an influencer. No, I'm not a journalist or a media member. I'm an influencer. (laughs)
0: Influencer, they may shoot me on the spot. some Saudi businessman (laughs) over there making you do weird things. And then you'd have a
2: Saudi go, well, how can you influence if your tweets are protected? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good
1: question to ask. You you got me there, Mm -hmm. Prince of Saudi Arabia. Come come up with a name. I wasn't going to do that. (laughs) Because I'm not racist as hell that is racist as hell i'm not racist to hit so it. okay yeah. anyone else anything yeah. else we yeah. good did we get it all out the system today did we i thought we did remember don't be racist as, as hell
0: <laughs> do you feel do you have pride in this segment do you have pride in racism that doesn't... No, answer the not, question, Chris. Do you okay. have pride in
2: racism? You're <laughs> such a terrible depictor. He is.
0: Just because he gets more aggressive and louder, that doesn't mean you win. That doesn't mean you, you win. I think. asked a
1: fair question, Chris.
2: It's
1: weird, you can't answer it. You, anything else you can't answer, Tucker Carlson? Huh?
0: You can't, like... Huh? That's right Jacob Wool, you got anything else you got to answer gotta, for? next thing he's going to do, he's going to look me at you. he's just going to go, Psh, child. He's just going to say, child. Mm-mm-mm. Chris okay. Dimon, you racist as hell. No,
3: that is racist as hell.
0: You know where you won't see this nonsense, Travis? Where won't tonight, I see it tonight? Southtown Pub. Oh, but well, I
1: feel like that's where I go Free to get my nonsense Thursday, on. Okay,
0: eight o'clock. Will you be there?
1: I will be present. I tell you, I'm I'm big fans of uh, Mr. Bibbs, and oh. of course, I enjoy you know John my...
0: Benagony for ten years. You can't talk about oh, him. John Benagoni. Carly Lawrence worked alongside I you. Was <laughs> living, you. gave me a chance
1: to finish what I was going to say. I, I was going to say I love all of these comedians equally. And we have worked with them in the past. Honestly, no, seriously. If I were to begin a writers' room today, that there's my four. Mm. Like, and I would have a massive writers' room because I'm absolutely adding guys like Rafe, Sierra, Bobby, and a few. Taking a a
0: socialist approach.
1: There are so uh... many. That's the cool thing about you know being around talented people. Like, you get to a point in your career where everyone is blowing up in some way, shape, or form. We know our good friend Rafe Williams just signed a really cool comedy record deal. He's going to record that here in the next week or two. And to be able to be around creatives who, who not only cheer you on, but are able to give you that type of advice, some encouragement, that is really cool. So Can we I will play absolutely a, be up this week just a real light. I love those people.
0: A real light piano whenever he's given these inspirational oh. moments. I love yeah. this city. Which, uh, are you going to St. Patrick's Day Parade this year? I will not be at
1: the St. Patrick's Day Parade. You're and not going to see me? You're I not, 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 not going to lead
0: the procession? Oh, no, 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 no. Are you going to run?
1: <laughs> I actually was going to go. Are you going to run? I was run actually, actually looking thing? forward to going this year because I had so much fun last year. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah. The St. Patrick's Day Committee decide to make a decision that I just cannot support. So the I the St.
2: Patrick's Day Committee. Well, I don't That's know who really the hell these the people are, but they the made Hibernians. a dec- yes. Okay, sure, uh, whatever. They made three, a decision. Three strict.
0: 77-year-old folks. Who have influence.
1: <laughs> I'm who, an influencer. They, they are. <laughs> That's what they would say. They would say it just like
2: that. They have some middle-aged people in there. Uh, I know a few so, of them.
1: But, yeah, once... Um, I may show up once More the area like is clear of certain individuals. I'm
0: Insta Pam. Yeah, <laughs> Insta Pam. <laughs> shut up, shut,
1: shut up, or get old man. You get. i old git. get. I've got a
0: four-leaf clover. I hate you. Good. Why? Why? Good. No, I, uh, before we uh, talk to Shane Mauz, who's doing a very, uh, very cool show that you'll hear about. He's doing the Helium next week i uh, got to tell you about our friend at Buzz's Hawaiian Grill. That's Buzz. It's warm. Our friend Alexis Zoto stopped by there the other day, gave them a big shout-out on Instagram. Go see Buzz and the team at Buzz's Hawaiian Grill. Check out their Facebook page. Check out all the locations around town. They're all over the place. The food's amazing. The service is even better. You're going to love it. Go check it out. I can't say enough good things about the poke, masube, so many authentic Hawaiian dishes, and the man pays extra for better Quality products. That is a fact. That is not. Uh, what do you call it when you lie under oath? Hyperbole. Oh, well, it's not hyperbole. Sure, that works though. That works. <laughs> that's Buzz's <laughs> Hawaiian Grill. Check oh, them out today. Perjury. Uh, right now, we'll throw it to a, a conversation, one on one with Shane Moss. You know him. He's been on WTF, Rogan. So I automatically like him. Oh, that's weird. Uh, here's Shane Moss. He's at uh, Helium Comedy Club next week. Enjoy it. And we'll be right back for Fair or Foul. Email. To wall at weareliveradio.com. You can win ten bucks the Southtown Pub.
3: Chris Denman with uh, Shane Mouse coming back on the show. Shane, last time I saw you, we shared a fried chicken lunch after an interview. How you been, man? (laughs) Oh, I'm good. I.
4: I don't remember that. I was just going to play along and be like, yeah, yeah, great. I remember that lunch like it was yesterday. <laughs> Best lunch conversation Good. I've ever had. I completely, I don't remember that at all. I apologize. Um, it's, uh, I, I, you know,
3: it's, it's fair and it's okay. I'm not upset with you. <laughs> I thought maybe it meant
4: something. Uh, it
3: oh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry thing. if
4: I I'm sorry if I led you on a little bit. I, I, yeah,
3: you were waiting <laughs> for the eight dollar chicken meal, and you you were you were kind to me at the time.
4: <laughs>
3: oh well,
4: that's good. So Shane, uh, uh,
3: other than fried chicken reviews, you are uh, you're swinging through for uh, March 20th night at Helium Comedy Club. We uh, we have a blast talking all the comics that come through Helium. It's a great spot. If you guys haven't been out, Shane will do a, an amazing night of uh, comedy, and then even so, you get uh, you get more from Shane during the show because there's q and A, Q&A, lots of discussion, uh, and that's been. That's been a really big part of your career, and I'm even looking at this, if we can just double plug, PsychonauticsFilm.com is where you guys go to check out Shane's documentary. It's a comics exploration of psychedelics, and I, I, I wonder at a certain point, you've talked about it on WTF, on the biggest shows out there. Do you get tired of being the psychedelic comic, or is it something you enjoy so much that it's Kind of fun to teach people, maybe break down some uh, barriers that were potentially there in the thought process of how we view recreational or illegal drugs or whatever we want to say. I, I am curious at a certain point, yeah. do you want to take that hat off, or
4: are you happy that it's your life? Well, I mean, it's kind of it's it, – you're kind of – both both are correct, I would say. I, I don't I don't like to be pigeonholed as as being necessarily a psychedelic comedian. I have I, I mean especially right now that I'm touring with this new show which is called Stand Up Science which has nothing to do with psychedelics. Uh, well I'm, I'm not, so far we haven't had any guests on talking about psychedelics, but it's me and a second comedian and two scientists on each show. So it's uh, it's 50% comedy, 50% science. So it's uh, I do comedy, and then a scientist gives a 12-minute talk about their research, and then I bring up a comedian. In St. Louis, it'll be my friend Dave White, who's been on Last Comic Standing, and Jimmy Kimmel, and Comedy Central, and then another academic giving a talk about their work, and we can talk about what they do, too. And then a and a at the end. So I've definitely, um, I, I, I wear a lot of different hats. And I do. Right. I try to like keep them a little bit separate um, in ways. But but then I you know I just had my documentary come out last week, so I'm I'm in I'm in psychedelic mode right now, talking about psychedelics <laughs> sure. and plugging them and everything else. I mean, to me, the two are really compatible with one another. I mean, psychedelics, unlike unlike every other drug, which is kind of an escape from the mind. Um, psychedelics are an inward journey, and they're more of an exploration of the mind, and that's that's really um, tied in with my interest in science as well. And on my science show, we don't really we don't really talk about like say physics or chemistry or stuff that isn't like really related to um, the individual kind of life experience. We we talk mostly about um, things like psychology and sociology and and biology and and things that people think that kind of uh, the evolution of how we got here, how it shaped our mind, how we make. I, on the show on in St. Louis, we're going to be talking about, we have a marketer talking about consumer decisions. why yeah, we I was
3: tie-in local academic. I mean, that's huge. And that's actually, I don't know, for a live show, I mean, I, I think that would be interesting to people to see. This, this, this guy guy's from five minutes away. He's not from some laboratory on the other side of the world. This guy is talking about... You know, like you're saying, with the marketing uh, aspect here, yep. you get somebody local that's literally an expert.
4: Yeah, yeah. We have Sydney Scott, who she's at uh, the um, Olin Business School there um, doing marketing stuff. And then I have Tim Bono, who is a, who's a psychologist who mostly focuses on on positive psychology, um, which, which uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure he would have things to say about psychedelics as well if that happened to come up. <laughs> right. But, Uh, uh, positive psychology is is kind of this new field in psychology much of the history of psychology has been about diagnosing what's wrong with people and like particular mental ailments people might have or or uh why why we have this negativity bias and tend to be overly fearful and focus on the negative things well positive psychology is more about kind of the science of well-being and how to kind of create a better life for yourself and and that sort of thing.
3: During the Q&A or during during stand-up science, when you're actually interacting with folks and then the well-being of everything uh, that you were just talking about uh, with with your guest that's going to be here uh, or be at the show at Helium, do you ever feel is having so much contact with intellectuals and diving into these do you feel compelled to give out advice if people would do that, or do you step back and say, ah, uh, you know, not my department, I just kind of, uh, I'm the ringmaster? Uh, well, think?
4: usually, so, so academics are, are like very safe. They are, one of their favorite things to say is, I don't know. They, they are like cautious not to speculate on things, and then mm-hmm. they, they are, academics are generally not very, um not very prescriptive they they share the findings they don't necessarily tell people how they should behave or what they should do they just share their findings and data i am not an academic i'm happy to <laughs> tell people how they should live their lives and, and 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 speculate wildly on ideas that have no scientific foundation um, so, so yeah. I mean, definitely. If, and and going back to the psychedelic world, uh, we'll probably go back and forth between the two things in this in this uh, interview, I imagine. But um, of course, it, you know, I am I am definitely very careful about how I, I I'm an advocate for psychedelic research, and you know the the way the current policies are, psychedelics are a Schedule One drug. Um, Meaning that, that's the, that's the most strict scheduling of, uh, of a drug. Like cocaine's a schedule two drug, so our amphetamines and painkillers and, the, you know, the kind of these drugs right. that are the leading cause of homelessness are all a schedule two. But, um, psychedelics and marijuana are a, are a schedule one for, uh, kind of a, bu- a bunch of, um, nonsense, uh, reasons that, that came out of the, 60s and mostly having to do with racism but uh, anyway all of that's kind of besides the point but i am <laughs> not fun i have uh,
3: terrible yeah
4: <laughs> yeah and it's uh, it's really tragic actually but um but you know I, w- I would like to see psychedelics used in a clinical setting again so when so when someone comes up to me and it's like should i do mushrooms or dmt or whatever like i am really uncomfortable answering that question I think that there's a lot of individual differences and especially when you're out there like getting, getting things on the street, especially something like MDMA, which in a clinical setting is probably going to be legal by uh, 2021 because the FDA has, it's been approved for treatment of PTSD for, it, it has right. breakthrough status right now um, through the MAPS organization, the multidisciplinary association of psychedelics. Um, has been doing these studies for years, and they've shown um, such significant promise, uh, far greater promise than anything else on the market for PTSD right now, that the FDA has given it breakthrough status. What that means is that it's shown such promise that it's actually unethical for uh, for them to keep this treatment from people because even even though all of the study Aren't done. They're still in phase three. There's one more phase to go of the study before it's kind of fully legal for market. It's, it's unethical to keep this from people who, who need it because it's showing such promising results. Now you take that, uh, you know, you're getting pure MDMA. You're in a clinical setting with therapists and you compare that to how MDMA is sometimes used in, you know, a rave setting or something like that right. where where you're not necessarily getting MDMA, you're maybe getting, uh, MDMA is uh, is hard to make, it's incredibly expensive to make, all the precursors for it are are difficult to get your hands on and very expensive, and there are these cheaper adulterates, and so people make things like, say, bath salts, pass them off as oh, MDMA, sure, yeah. and, uh, and people have these really difficult times, and also, uh, you know, the, these are, in my opinion, uh, you know, really therapeutic aids, and so, uh, and they can they can dredge up a lot of a lot of uh, you know past trauma and things like that. That that in a clinical setting, this this is just the stuff that you want to be exploring and and coming to terms with and finding closure on. But when you're at a concert, <laughs> this is not the time that you want to be revisiting your childhood trauma or whatever. So. Uh, so, you know, all, all of this stuff is really subjective and context dependent. And so, uh, so definitely in terms of uh, psychedelics is a good example of, of just how careful anyone needs to be when, when it comes to being prescriptive about, um, about anything. But, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of, like, take, uh, I, I believe that Sydney Scott, she's going to be talking about, um, mgo's and and how uh you know it's kind of like um people are like a little overly paranoid about genetically modified like genetically modified doesn't mean anything everything in the world is genetically modified you're genetically modified i'm genetically modified through the act of reproduction there is genetic modification uh there's been a long history of breeding cattle in a certain way picking selecting the the corn that you think looks right and reprint, th- this is just like the inevitable outcome of this is how agriculture works. There's nothing inherently, there could be, uh, anyone could get in there and mess around and screw, screw something up, but if they're like some mad scientist or whatever that wanted <laughs> to ruin the world or some, but, but like people have, that's the weird, ridiculous stereotype that people have in their head. So like getting information out there, like that for people to know like genetically modified that actually doesn't really mean anything you don't need to like be fearful and you don't need to you don't need to pay more money especially when you're at the grocery store you don't need to pay more money because something says it's gmo free that you just got ripped off and so so there are things like that that are a little prescriptive i'm sure that you know the positive psychologists will have things that you know and it, no one's afraid to be like, hey, getting cardio a few times a week is, is going to be a good thing for you. And so there's right. definitely some prescriptive uh, things like that. But, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be be the one. I, I'm more than happy to bark orders at people and tell people what they should do with their lives. But I, probably the <laughs> academics won't be doing that too much.
3: Well, um, I, I can definitely appreciate that. And, again, too, it's at the U.N. Comedy Club on March 20th, you can get tickets. Online um, as far as that just I guess being a performer being almost a, a lecturer an entertainer I think now with just your ability to reach Certain types of people that are into that there's you know There's a million opportunities for people to listen to podcasts to go to live events whatever but I think uh, and you can give me your opinion on this but I think we're in the best time ever for this kind of stuff whether it's counterculture or just listening or watching things digitally and being able to kind of take control of your own career, I, I can't see a better time in the last 40 years for somebody like you to thrive in so many different
4: areas creatively. Well, this is where the world is heading, in my opinion. At least I certainly hope so. I'm, I'm betting my career on it. Um, you literally but, are. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, um, you, you know, it. Things have changed quite a bit since the time when there was only three channels on on television, and everything on TV needed to be kind of highly acceptable and kind of a little more toward the 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 safe side of things. And and you know, you just kind of try to uh, have something that's. That's, uh, you know, a little, a little bit better than mediocre, so it's entertaining, but not going to ruffle any feathers, and this is relatable to uh, to kind of the the broad um, population. Things have changed quite a bit since then. Things have changed quite a bit even since when I started stand-up. When I started stand-up 15 years ago, um, you know, it was still pretty much the the traditional path of, like, you want to – you want to get together your tight five and you want to get on late night television and and you do well on late night television and then you can get credits and you can work the road and and uh that that sort of thing and um you, you know and i did all that and i and i'm very grateful that i got to have multiple appearances on conan and jimmy kimmel and i got the you know i was a childhood dream of mine to have a comedy central half hour special and all that and i'm I'm very much grateful for all of those things, but the world has changed dramatically since then, and now there is just so many different um, things out there that there's there's all of these niches being created, especially with things like podcasting um, yeah. like my podcast here we are where uh, you know it used to be um that that um most radio was like that top 40 or whatever and that's that's great and that still exists and there's always going to be a market for that but at the same time um you know now there's there's like my my brother-in-law's big into board gaming there's like four different board game podcasts that he that he <laughs> yeah. listens to regularly and that's that's the new world that we're living in where you can really find these individualized interests. And, and that's why I, you know, I, I do my, I often don't do this stand up science show at comedy clubs. I usually do it in like small theaters, indie music venues, that sort of thing. Right. So that I'm drawing my own audience and no one is there by accident, you know, in a comedy club. I, you know, I, uh, there's a lot of bad comedy clubs out there and I don't want people just like showing up drunk expecting your, your average kind of lowest common denominator comedy show. And the reason why I booked it at Helium is because Helium is one of the best clubs in the country, and they kind of draw a – usually kind of a, a – they bring a lot of brighter comedians in there anyway. And then mm-hmm. it's also an off night. So, so um, you know, but I yeah. – I, I certainly hope people aren't showing up by accident because because uh, you know <laughs> so it, it is once in a while the case where they're they're not expecting there to be a science talk in a, in a comedy club. Comedy
3: um, is <laughs> and, and so, so uh, strange, like it's such a unique art form. Like to me, I get so energized and excited about it, and uh, like I always laugh because. I was uh, – just name drop it here. I got to do a live podcast in Phoenix at the All Things Comedy Festival, and I'm walking around, and, I yeah, it technically is a performance, right? But at the same time, I'm fans of all these guys and girls walking around, and it's just so funny seeing the general public, um, you know, interact with folks they've probably seen on TV or movies 50 million times, but they don't put the context with it. That and then people saying – well, we're just gonna go see comedy, and they show up at a comedy club. It doesn't matter who's up; they're just there, and you better make them laugh because they're yeah, in, yeah, uh, their spare time. It's so interesting to me how people will approach that. So I can't imagine the surprised look some people's faces uh, with this particular show. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I've, I've gone out of my way to make sure that that happens pretty rarely, but it, right. it happens once in a while. Um, and so definitely I want anyone listening to know this show is half comedy, half science. It is a hilarious show, but also um, you're going to have the opportunity to learn some really awesome, interesting research. And one of the great things, so, you know, it's, Comedy and then a science talk and then comedy and then a science talk. But then the great thing is at the end, um, it it kind of those those science talks that can be sometimes serious. Depending on the academics, some of them are quite funny. Some of them have. I, I don't ask them to like be funny. I'm not. I don't ask them to give stand-up comedy a whack for their first time or anything like that.
3: <laughs> Which all these are goes super well, yeah.
4: All all these academics are used to um, you know talking in front of people and and teaching their students, giving conferences, and so so they already have like you know funny slides. They have their the, uh, funny aspects of their different research. Uh, that they're, they'll share. So some of them are quite funny. Um, but the really cool thing is is at the end, you know, me and, and comedian Dave Waite uh, will be on the same stage with all the comics, and then we kind of get to riff on we take what we learned from those ideas, and then we get to kind of improvise a little bit. And that's, that's like it brings a whole really cool energy to the show, and people get to ask questions, so the whole audience gets to be involved. It's really awesome, and it's always such a, a grab bag too. I actually, um, you know, because I, I often some of these academics I've had on my podcast before. You know, I've been doing my podcast for four and a half years. My podcast, Here We Are, we just had yeah. the 200th episode release, um, like in uh, January, I think. And so I've been doing it for a while, but I, I'm still, uh, I'm still finding new academics for this show as well. So. It's always a little bit of a mixed bag. I had – and so here's they, – they've pretty much all gone well, but on Friday, uh, la- last Friday night, um, we had uh, our first bomb, um, and it was, it was really something uh, to behold. It was – so uh, uh, this woman, she was really, really nervous, and mm-hmm. to combat that nervousness, she – uh, decided to have some drinks and oh, then boy. she got real hammer drunk and, <laughs> and she had like a script that she was going to read because that's how nervous she was you know most these wow. people are experts and they never have to read off a script or anything yeah and this yeah. woman's like blackout drunk gets on stage and starts reading off a script about her bird research And she can't read her own script that she's written for herself. And this is, it was so crazy. I've never seen anything like it. So, so my show, I have my academics do like a 10 to 12 minute, uh, 10 to 12 minute talk. There's really not a lot you can screw up in 10 to 12 minutes. Well, she, she, uh, was, uh, like minute two, I knew. I knew things were going to go, uh, things weren't going to go well. Um, she was like <laughs> slurring and everything else. Oh, man. Um, minute, minute 12, I'm like, okay, she ought to be wrapping up here. Minute 20, she's still on stage. <laughs> we're like flashing a light on her. And, and she's like, oh, they're flashing lights at me. Minute, minute 25, we're flashing more lights on her minute twenty eight I had to get on stage and take the microphone out of her hand and try to restore some semblance of of uh some uh, like organization to the show here's what's here's what's funny about that so i i'm uh I'm a big promoter of, of uh, females in, in science. I always make sure that there's at least one female scientist on every stand-up science show. I make sure that 50% of my Here We Are podcasts have, have an acad- a female academic on wow. them. I found this lady off of a website called 500 uh, Women in Science. However, this night happened to be on international women's day oh, and boy. so on yeah. international women's day i found myself jumping up on stage and ripping a microphone oh, yeah. out of this lady's hand she took it okay i guess. Yeah. i mean she was too drunk to have any idea of what was going on she just was like mask. you know i'm gonna loosen up and have a little bit of whiskey to calm my nerves and, uh, went a little too far with it. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that was the first time anything like that has ever happened on my stand up science show, which I've been doing for almost nine months now. And, uh, so the point is, it's always a mixtape. We never know what it's going to be. So that, that has an exciting element to it. But yeah, all, all, all that. I could, 98 percent of the academics are all all really great and comfortable on stage and everything but that was just something that happened a few nights ago that's still sticking out in my mind but that that ended up being almost more entertaining than, yeah, than, a, new than a regular yeah. talk just because it was such a crazy train wreck that, that people were were kind of on board with it. Coming up on the 20th, again, <laughs> at Alien Comedy Club, Stand Up
3: Science. It's Shane Mouse. You know him from Here We Are and all of the great things that you're working on. Again, Psychonautics, you've got to check out that website, psychonauticsfilm.com. The documentary just yep. came out. Dude, you, Available uh, you're, on you're,
4: iTunes and Amazon
3: right now. It's a pleasure to speak to you, and I'm, I'm excited to get you here in St. Louis. Excited to come out
4: and see
0: the
3: show,
4: man. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast.
0: Welcome back to We Are Live. That was Shane Moss, uh, one-on-one with yours truly. Big thanks to him. Go see him at Helium Comedy Club next week, everybody. Travis. We do a segment on the show called Fairfowl. We're gonna give away 10 bucks to South Town Pub. Did you wanna hit any topics before we jump into that and read the uh, listener submission?
1: Oh, we got word that, I mean, we're not, I don't think too many people are gonna be surprised by this, but we talked a bit about the scandal with the college entrance, admissions, bribery, tax fraud, the whole nine, Operation Varsity Blues. Um, it looks like there are people who are already suing. Universities like Stanford, uh, for not being allowed entrance because of this current scandal, so I'd imagine we're going to see more lawsuits like this, and a lot more students recently come forward because there are spots that they thought they had a legitimate shot. At. Blood in
0: the water, right? Like and if, you're attorney, if you're an attorney, if you're an attorney,
1: and I think these students are well within their rights to file this lawsuit. There are people who have lost positions or spots to enter these very exclusive elite universities because of this scandal. And look, the FBI has done half the work. <laughs> the FBI has done most of the work. You have evidence that illustrates that these people, for basically fabricated documents, mm-hmm. to get their children into these positions. My favorite
0: was the fake rowing,
1: the f- the fake rowing, the fake water polo video and photos.
0: Like they went to great lengths. So I think. Well, and also they were lazy too. They just sent a photo of a kid uh, rowing on a rowing machine. On a rowing not machine, not even out in the not water. Not even in the
2: water. I don't know to what extent yet, but. The way the money was laundered mm. was through a fake charity. Jesus. That was for underserved kids, as they mm. said.
1: Jesus.
2: Or so like poor kids who were trying to get an education. That's Now, I don't know. I don't know if they deducted it from their tax returns or not. But I do know at least that that's how the uh, it was Made apparent that that's exactly how they would go about this in some cases
1: these are private institutions so i don't know how much they're required at this point to be transparent on their admissions process but i would imagine these lawsuits are going to force a lot of these private institutions to ultimately now stanford
2: uh, and yale were included stanford and yale wait were yale included. hollander oh not yale hollander not okay. yale hollander okay. but yale and Stanford, the universities. Do you hmm. know anyone in particular
1: that has a history of going to those schools, and maybe hmm. would be considered, may some by a fraud? Hmm. There's not a particular U.S. senator from the senator Flatbed. Oh, Ooh, get his ass! He, he, he went. He went. Josh to the, Harley went to the raccoon camp. You know you're in trouble. We're on to you. Get his ass. Get him walnuts. Speaking of, hmm. we had a melee. A morning melee, some would call it.
0: Yeah, we asked about the uh, the code names. Some make you say, I don't want your life. There are some what about th- Billy Bob?
1: Mm. Ooh, it's a tight what, about
0: the, what about the black running back? Who's going to Brown? <laughs> did he go to Brown? <laughs> that was the thing. Mm, that's crazy. I'm going Ivy League for my education. Nice. Where'd to go, brother. Good for you.
1: All right, what did he say about
0: Parents oh. probably. Right off to an get an him in. It's <laughs> like, like going way. to Dartmouth. <laughs> That's good oh, shut up. What are the results? Go Big Green.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a Dartmouth shirt. Of course you did. Just for fun. Just to, and yeah. then just a guy actually go, oh. went to Dartmouth and started asking me, and I was like, oh, son of
0: a... I'm going to be honest with you, buddy. <laughs> it's a t-shirt find at Goodwill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that happened to me several times. Well, I had a uh, some kind of a YMCA t-shirt from mm-hmm. a greater, we'll just say Des Moines, area. I was just like, "Oh, this is a Sweet Vengeance T-shirt." Uh, Iowa. I, Iowa? Yeah. Everywhere you go.
1: I used to wear an army shirt and mm. tell people I was in the military. <laughs> they was that's like, "Oh it, man, what branch? Were, like what what, what division he,
2: were you?" You're not military, you're just militant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, but that's what I that's how yeah. I saw it. Yeah. And so I had the the big army shirt on with the army logo on the back and and people were like, "Oh man, what division? What what?" I was like, "Uh, oh, division uh, east side
2: Division Division Two.
1: Yep. I oh, was like, Division. Uh,
0: that's how that's
2: Division how, One. His stage mm-hmm. name was,
0: was Travis Stolen Veller Terrell yeah, so I for mean, years. I, uh, yeah, I don't man. know why no one picked up on it.
1: Man, did you do a tour? I was like, Man, I always do tours
0: of Italy at the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> He would always
2: say that quieter. Whenever it would
0: trail off.
2: Him. He'd be like, yeah. Oh, so I sub out you. the egg parmesan
0: for more pasta.
2: Seen the looks I got when I would wear my Roosevelt football t-shirt. Mm.
1: <laughs> People started doing the math in their head. You're a rough rider. I, like, ah, I remember the backfield between 81 what? and 96. You, are are you want Bos- a white man to say? Are huh? you Bosnian? <laughs> right. What's going on here? <laughs> who, who, who your mama? I you got that a lot. Who your mama?
2: But I I would see the look and before I would even get asked, I got it at Goodwill. Uh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's okay.
2: What's the and I ain't had a white person at Roosevelt in twenty
1: five mm. years. Hold on, you was running
0: back? <laughs> I did have a bartender once tell me, this has been a year ago, six months ago, I don't know. Bartender once tell me, she's like, uh, yeah, I went to Roosevelt and I was like <clears throat> Like in another city? And she was like, No, I went to Roosevelt and I was like, What year? <laughs> I was very confused, and apparently she she went with went through with it. I'll tell you what.
2: The worst part about St. Louis, us—we're the worst. We are are the worst. That's that's fair. Happy
0: three one four day, everybody.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, The melee. Mm. Which of these four operation? These are real. Which of these four operation code names is your favorite? Okay. We have at twenty one percent, grizzly forced entry.
4: Mm. At twenty four
2: percent. Varsity Blues.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. I think mine is up to the at twenty four percent. I'm
2: gonna
0: have to work at Walmart.
2: Beaver Cage. Oh yes. And with thirty one percent, a tight race today. Operation Chattanooga Choo Choo. That was a good one. That
0: was a good one. What was was that one? uh, Stinging.
2: Uh, I don't know that that was a sting. That was more. I think that was a military operation.
1: I actually believe that was a federal agency operation. Oh, was it? Yes, that was a federal agency. Okay,
2: Beaver Cage and Grizzly Forced Entry, I know, (laughs) were both military operations.
1: Yeah, the Chattanooga Choo Choo was to actually investigate uh, state representatives who were using a a state-funded project and they were basically putting money in their own pockets okay. from state tax dollars for a particular project. Okay, And so that's how state agencies got together and got them out. They got that Chattanooga choo-choo.
0: Do you think like uh, ex-writers from sitcoms that get canceled vie for the job to come up with these, uh, these names?
1: We actually talked about that yesterday and we made some phone calls to try to find out I haven't out. heard back yet. Yeah, no. we we actually made legitimate phone calls Man, I to find out And I wouldn't call
0: those places. You don't why, want no, to, We, don't we, want to we be on wanted that
1: radar. to know
2: the the process or if who yeah. is the person leading the investigation. they would the give investigation. Quote. I got a message out to a fed.
1: Yes. And so the idea we'll was to find out you what's evidence. the process.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I wanted to know, like this that's time. True. but there's there's a reason Cash I mean, Evans if it gets hairy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know why Or who comes up with it? Is it the leading detective or the person running the investigation? Is it the the chief of police? Like, how do you come up with the name for these things? Because someone sat around at some point and said, hey, bro, I'm going to kill him today in the meeting. Why, man? Why? Because, dog, you know this thing with these college rip kids? We got their ass. How about this? Operation Varsity Blues, bro. Mm. Okay, dog. We weren't going to investigate, but now we are. We got to look into that, What do you think? um, We don't have a press conference? Oh, hell yeah, we have a press conference. What do you think Mueller
2: would call his if there is one? Uh,
1: Operation Cheeto Dust. Cheeto Dust? Yeah, definitely Operation Cheeto Dust. What do you think it would be?
0: Mueller? Which which one's he in this whole mess? He's
2: the independent investigator.
0: He's the one who's uh, pocketing things and has not released anything yet, right? Mm -hmm. We've all been kind of trailing him. Um, He's going to be Operation Bird Dog because he's got his nose on the scent
1: Ooh. Mm -hmm. What do you get? Scented nose I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Got nothing Alright, let's hit today's Fair or Foul
2: At this defining moment change has come to America
1: People often ask me what's fair or foul Is it a segment? Is it a movement? Is it hope? I can't say for certain. Time will be a true test of its power. But I can say, Fair or Foul is now and forever for the people. Gather around the radio with your loved ones and hold on to your butts. It's now time for Fair. We give it back to
2: you, the people. Or
4: Foul.
1: (laughs) It's a segment Beto O'Rourke calls Yes we can
0: Is that his thing?
1: I don't know He's basically white Obama We'll see how this goes Maybe we can? Well, what was today's topic Chris?
0: It was a good one folks uh, This is me pulling it up Oh Jesus Christ mm-hmm. Oh boy
1: It's not like we do the segment at the end of the mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. It's not like we do it every day Government sting Operation There we games. go
0: Should be a good one some of the usual suspects. Ten bucks to Southtown Pub. Here we go. I've been given sensitive information about the government slow-playing Travis's death, so they can soil his name once the inevitable happens. Hey. They will wait for the di- <laughs> diabetes to run its course. Hey. And then they'll sprinkle cocaine all over his body in the streets. Oh, that's Operation Powdered Sugar. It wait should a take minute. Pa- place as early as July. Is it coursing through your blood that much? The okay. beaties? Yeah. It's not
1: coursing per se, but I'll sneeze it's some of it out ch- from It's time a down. slow
0: chug. Yeah. Government mm. sting operation names are foul. What's next? Operation Herbie the Love Bug for the Volkswagen emissions Scandal? Operation Soul Plane to get Boeing? Mm. How about Operation Rudy to get the NFL for, for the Colin Kaepernick collusion case? mm hmm. They should take a cue from Dwight and just call it Operation Catch Rich White People Doing Rich White People. <laughs> Basically. Triangle Assassin. Fair. I've been working up some new code names for them. When they investigate Chiquita and Dole, it should be codenamed There's Always Money in the Banana Stand. <laughs> like, click click. <laughs> the operation to take down Campbells will be the soup Nazi.
1: Oh nice.
0: And after society is infiltrated by root vegetable-loving alien grizzlies that following investigation will be called Beets, Bears, Battlestar Galactica. I like it. Mm. The JVL Jackal. Nice. Fair. My favorite is Operation Get Behind the, or as I like to call it, Travis and Mind Saturday Evening Plans. Oh, cankles. cankles.
2: What was the operation name?
0: I'm good.
1: Oh God! Can't even say it on an uncensored podcast. That's how bad <laughs> it is. <laughs>
0: That's how bad it is. Thanks a lot, Kankles. <laughs> That'll do it for the fair of foul submissions. We love giving out prizes, especially ones from uh, Southtown Pub. Real quick before we give this out, thanks to Hillside Animal Hospital for helping us out, sponsoring, and bringing Dr. Ed in every single week. Everybody, we, we love them, you and you need to take your pets there for great care. Guardy,
2: I got Triangle Assassin. Mm-hmm. I got the assassin of triangles.
0: It's a triangle vote today with three of us on three
1: one okay four yeah, three seven. there you go not bad there you
0: are <laughs> big thanks to everybody for <laughs> your submissions ten dollars to the triangle assassin is being awarded for a great submission guys thanks to impolite company they're recording here now got a lot of cool things happening in the studio and again you can check out midcoast.media all kinds of fun projects. A big thing with Tani coming up. The Sushi Bistro. Are you familiar with them?
1: I love bistros. I love sushi.
0: Matt Whitener and uh, and his crew getting his podcast rolling here. I love here. Matt Whitener
1: and I love crews.
0: Lots of fun stuff. So, for Gardner, Shane Mouse, Travis Terrell, we're back tomorrow live on the live stream at 8 a.m. Check out the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, everybody.
1: Peace!